You're listening to the Keto and Low Carb Success Podcast, Episode 53, Your Hunger Scale Revisited. Welcome to Keto and Low Carb Success, where I am here to help you on your weight loss and good health journey. I'm your host, Miriam Hatoum, course creator and author of Conquer Cravings with Keto, originally published as Breaking Free from Diet Prison. I am privileged to be part of your journey with this podcast based on my trademarked Granny Keto Transitions program. And please be sure to go to miriamhatoon.com slash resources to get all the free guides to help you along the way. I am in your shoes, my friends, and I wrote these guides for both of us. The link is in the show notes and transcript. I also want to announce that my course, Keto and Low Carb Success, is opening up on June 26th, and I have special gifts and pricing for the summer of 2023. Those gifts are my signature book, the workbook that accompanies this course, two ebooks, two months of access to my private email for any questions you have, and the best part, a free coaching call. I am beyond excited to share all of this with you at miriamhatoom.com slash course. If you sign up for the waitlist, you will be entered to win a $50 coupon towards the purchase of the course if you decide to make the purchase. More at the end of the episode. Oh, and before we start, I want to let you know that the primary purpose of this podcast is to educate and does not constitute medical advice or services. And I'm keeping up with the science as fast as I can so I can share with you the latest breaking research in this area to help you achieve your dreams. Now on to today's episode, my personal journey with the hunger scale. I wanted to revisit the hunger scale, which I originally presented in episode six, because by using it, you can relax a bit during the summer without the discomfort of eating too much. You will be able to put aside any eating plan you have chosen, unless, of course, it is medically motivated. For me, when I first began my work in earnest with the hunger scale, I was beginning with the keto diet, so some of my references here are to that. However, learning to use your hunger scale will open up all sorts of new eating horizons, not just keto and low carb. When I started keto, the hardest instruction with keto was the directive to eat fat to satiety. What does that even mean? When did I ever eat to satiety and not blow right past it? I stopped eating because an app told me I was out of points or calories. I ate until I was stuffed and another bite would make me sick. I ate until all the food on the plate was finished. So what the heck was satiety? And what did enough mean? It was then that I realized that I needed to pick my hard. I had finally come to a point where I realized that my old hard was weighing, measuring, and tracking. And if I didn't, I would overeat and never lose weight. My new hard was going to be to learn my hunger and satiety cues. Although I had been an on-the-clock eater, and thus my hunger cues were somewhat dulled, 
it did take long to find them. Skipping one or two meals during that first week of trying this out clinched my ability to pick up on what hunger really feels like. Other things that dulled my ability to know when I was hungry were environmental cues, like smell cookies, want cookies, or triggers such as anger and boredom. The satiety cue was, and sometimes still is, difficult. Because I had been weighing and measuring my food since the age of 13, I used measurements to tell me when I had enough. I never made that decision on my own. Learning to identify my levels of hunger and satiety was one of the most important stepping stones to be successful in turning dieting on its head and developing an eating lifestyle, not a diet. I used the hunger scale on paper or in my mind every time I questioned whether or not I was hungry and how hungry I was. When I did it enough times, particularly on paper, I was eventually able to think about it before I reached for food. Now, without much thought, I just stop for a second and put a number to my thought or urge to eat. Very often, I will identify the number as being at or above five, which is satisfied to full, in which case my thoughts of food end right there and I know it's not time to eat. Other times, I think about it further and ask myself what is causing me to want to eat even though my number is five or more. Oftentimes, I can pinpoint the issue. It could be that I am bored, I had a disagreement with someone, or that I am avoiding an activity. The next step is to not even think about the number, but immediately recognize what is driving me and dismiss the hunger as head hunger or emotional hunger. Learning to use your hunger scale is perhaps the most important key for getting out of diet prison. But what mistakes are we making? The most common mistake that we dieters make is thinking that we need an outside source, such as an app, a commercial diet program, and our measuring spoons and cups to tell us when we are full. We think we are always hungry and will never know when we are full. Wrangling with your head hunger can often be just wrangling with head hunger, such as it's lunchtime, so I'm hungry for lunch. Heart hunger, such as I'm lonely and food always makes me feel better. Or habit, I always pick up and eat a croissant when I pass this bakery. There is, of course, a hormonal biological basis for when you feel true hunger. Leptin and ghrelin, known as the hunger hormones, along with insulin, all play important roles in hunger regulation. Their ineffectiveness caused by years of yo-yo dieting and or high carbohydrate consumption makes it so that you can eat and never feel full, making it hard to find the satisfied mark on your hunger scale. We make the mistake of thinking that means we need to give up and just eat what we are told to eat in the quantities we are told to eat. This is not true, my friends. Your body will begin to self-regulate if you exercise portion control 
and eat few, if any, foods that keep you hungry, such as excessive carbohydrates that raise your insulin levels. And why are we making these mistakes? We make these mistakes because we are brainwashed into thinking that we don't know what is best for our own selves. We think we have no control and can't be trusted around food. We think we will never learn. And what is the cost of making these mistakes? The number one cost of making these mistakes is that you have self-doubt, negative self-talk, and a defeatist attitude toward losing weight. You think that you must follow a commercial diet plan because only the plan has the answers you need. The cost is that you never trust yourself. You do have the answers, my friend. You really do. You just need to listen for them. I want to call out a new way of doing things, and this is to work to understand and use your hunger scale. But the most important thing you must do right here and now is to pick your hard. If you have never worked with your hunger scale, I want to tell you right now that it will be harder than any diet you have ever been on. But things can turn around very quickly if you give it an honest go. I am going to read the hunger scale that I created and use. Pay attention right now and don't write anything down. I have it available in many places, including the show notes and the free bonus guide I am giving you with this episode. It is also in my blog, book, and course. It is so important that I am making it easily available in all these places. A heads up that famished is a one and stuffed is a 10. It is very important that you listen to, read, and understand the narrative at each level of the hunger scale. Now let's do the hunger scale. Number one means you're ravenous and famished. You are starving and feel faint or shaky. Number two, you're really hungry. You may be preoccupied with food. Now, one to two, try not to allow yourself to get here. You will make poor food choices and eat way too fast. Three is hungry. You're ready for a meal, but you don't feel like you need to stop everything and eat. And number four is also hungry. You could put off eating a bit longer and distraction will take your mind off food, but not for long. Three and four, this is a good place to eat. You will be able to make good food choices and not wolf down your food. Five is neutral. If you are eating, you could stop here. Also, if you are not eating, your mind really doesn't go to food. You haven't hit three or four yet. Six is satisfied. A little more might make you full, but you could finish what you are eating and not be stuffed. So five and six is a good place to stop eating. You have enjoyed your meal and can easily walk away from anything that is left. You will stop thinking about food or you might notice about 20 minutes after finishing that you are comfortably full. Now seven is full. You might start to feel a little uncomfortable and wish you didn't have those last few morsels. Number eight is very full. 
At this point, you are definitely feeling uncomfortable and definitely wished you hadn't continued eating. So for seven and eight, stop. Really. You might find that you are determined to also have a dessert with a meal. I'm telling you now, you'll be sorry. Please don't. Now, nine is overfull, stuffed, uncomfortable, bloated, and you may have a stomach ache. Ten is absolutely stuffed. You are not only uncomfortable, but you may be nauseous, sweating, need to sleep, and painfully full. For nine and ten, I want you to forgive yourself. Then if you can, get up and walk around. Don't make it worse by beating yourself up and punishing yourself, eating even more. If you find yourself here often, then it is time to talk with a counselor or do some serious thought work and introspection. You are getting here not because the food tastes too good to stop. There are other deeper issues, and I implore you to work on figuring them out. Please know that eating past a six or seven is not a moral issue. It is not the tipping point between whether you are a good person or a bad person, a worthy person or an unworthy person. It is a question of how do you want to feel. There is the physical layer. You certainly don't want to make yourself sick or feel so bad you were popping tums all night. The mental layer is actually more important. How will you feel if you eat food not on your plan and feel way past full? Can you give yourself permission or will you beat yourself up, hate yourself, and maybe get totally derailed from your food plan? It is important to see yourself through several of these situations. Sometimes eat, sometimes don't eat. Eventually, you will learn what is best for you because one size does not fit all. To begin this process for yourself, journal on how you feel mentally and physically at each level. But if you just take the time at least to think about it, you will be on your way to making smart and guided decisions. And I'm going to put in the show notes for this episode my blog about forgiving yourself and moving on. It's really something that you should pay attention to. It is also in episode 22, entitled Forgiving Ourselves and Moving On. If you find yourself in 789 territory and you're always beating yourself up for it, I suggest that you read the blog and or go back and listen to episode 22. The beat up is what makes you keep going. You really have to forgive yourself and learn that you are worthwhile to figure out how to solve this. Here is your actionable coaching advice for the week. This week, I would like you to construct a hunger scale. You can use mine that is available as a free download on my resource page that I mentioned in the introduction, and it is also linked in the show notes and transcript, or make one that suits you better. There are several ways to construct a scale. One that I like, in addition to the one I use here, provides a visual. I remember at Weight Watchers years ago, 
We all found red balloons on our chairs. We were asked to blow air into them until they started to take shape but weren't full. That represented what I call five on my scale. It's neutral. On either side of that quantity of air were one to four and six to ten. It gave a great visual of your stomach being empty to totally full and ready to pop. Sometimes instead of visualizing the number, I will see that red balloon in my mind's eye. I have also used a scale of minus five to plus five, where minus two to plus two would be a good place to eat, minus five being famished and in the danger zone of eating too much and too fast, and plus five being so full you would feel sick. It was easy to ask myself if I was minus two to plus two. Minus two or minus three would mean to at least start preparing to eat so that I would not get into famished territory where I would make unhelpful decisions. Plus two or plus three meant that it was either time to wind up my meal or not eat at all if I hadn't started. No matter what scale is comfortable for you, become aware of your hunger and fullness signals and where neutral lies for you. I found that I was able to find this neutral point by really paying attention to every meal. When I was eating and I said, oh, I feel good and I think I've had enough, even if there was food still left on the plate, I started to pay attention to what that felt like in my body. And so neutral wasn't just a word, it had a feeling associated with it. And the other thing I want to tell you is you should feel better after eating, not worse. That means have enough fuel for your body, but don't overeat. And that's also neutral. And one other thing I wanted to tell you, there is no judgment involved. If you are eating when you are not hungry, just notice. If you have eaten past full, just notice. There really is something called a gut stretch response. And that's why people tell you when you stop eating, you should feel really full 20 minutes later. And that's why you don't want to eat till full. Because if you eat past neutral to where you're full, that's not where it ends. You have this gut stretch response and you feel really full 20 minutes later. So that's why it's good to stop at neutral. A lot of people, including myself, say, oh, I like to eat till I'm full. I like that feeling of fullness. And so that's a thing. And I understand it. But what I've learned over the years, if I stop just before that point, in 20 minutes, I will have that feeling of fullness that I was after when I was eating too much. So you want to not eat past neutral or a little bit full, okay, but don't get yourself into 789 territory. And then also eat more slowly when you are eating, because when you take time to eat your meal, you have that gut stretch response while you're eating. So the longer you take to eat, the more that feeling of fullness will coincide with the end of your meal, okay? 
So you will get that feeling of fullness with less food because you've taken time to eat that meal. In episode 25, I talk about whether or not you can eat even if you aren't hungry or what to do when you have blown way past full and all those negative thoughts come back into play. But for right now, let's just get into the swing of awareness. There are more topics like this in my course, Keto and Low Carb Success. Depending upon when you are listening, the course is either in waitlist mode or has gone live. Please check it out at miriampatoom.com course. I have very special gifts and pricing for the summer of 2023. Hurry to get on the waitlist so you can take advantage of the $50 coupon drawing. The direct link is in the show notes and transcript, so you don't have to remember any more than that. Just go to the show notes, get your link, and hit on it. Click on it. Now let me remind you, if you've ever got a question you'd like to ask me or share a topic idea that you would like me to cover on a future episode, don't be a stranger. I always look forward to hearing from listeners like you. You are welcome to email me directly, miriam at miriamhatoom.com. And don't forget to leave a review wherever you listen to this podcast. I would so appreciate it. Leaving a review makes it easier for other people who are looking to listen and learn about keto and low carb. The next episode will be all about the concept of gentle nutrition. This concept is essential not only for your general well-being, but will go a long way in how you think about making food decisions over the summer. Yes, you can totally have pie and ice cream for dessert, but are you full? Don't have it at all. Do you still have some room for dessert, but there is a bowl of fresh berries next to the pie? With gentle nutrition, you might opt for the berries, with or without a dab of ice cream. Learning to tune into what your body needs, making your next best decisions, and learning your hunger and satiety cues will free you up to eat what you enjoy, but with a better sense of moving toward your goals and feeling your best. So go share the show with your friends, let them know what's coming up in the next episode, and invite them to tune in with you and learn how to become free from diet prison with my Keto and Low Carb Success Podcast. Until then, go live free from diet worry, and I'll see you back here next time.